With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And thank you so much for joining me on this next episode of Your Pleasure. I am delighted and excited to have as my guest this evening a wonderful writer. Her name is Laura Andunio, and she is no stranger to the world of BDSM, which is bondage, discipline, sadomasochism. And this is something that's just recently been discovered by millions of Americans who've been engaged in the phenomenon of that Fifty Shades of Grey book, which actually sold more copies than Harry Potter books and is sending the uh, media into a frenzy. In fact, you can say that Andonio, my guest this evening, was writing the naughty tales of spanking and bondage way before the Fifty Shades of author even imagined such things. This year is the 20th anniversary of Andonio's five novel series titled The Marketplace. And this year, along with The Inheritor, book six, and No Safe Words, a fan-written collection of stories set in a kinky, pansexual world she created. Andunio has written her first mainstream novel, and it's a comedy murder mystery set within the very community so completely lacking in the insular world of kinky twilight, the venerable world of leather contests. Perhaps no one but Laura Antonio could have written this book, having judged too many contests to remember, and even produced one 21 years ago. Antonio is well acquainted with crazy politics, social mores, and of course, the spicy play and gossip in what was once a gay-only leather world. And she has taken her vast experience to pen a story that's both amusing and salacious, poking affectionate fun at the world she lives in, a world much more recognizable than one filled with hard bodies, 20-something billionaires, and virginal college grabs. Uh, this book is uh, kind of a spoof on the Fifty Shades of Grey. It's called Fifty Shades of Funny. Anyway, I'd like to read a very small excerpt of the very first book that she wrote, which is The Marketplace. And uh, then as soon as I finish that, uh, then Laura is going to come on live. Merchandise does not come easily to the marketplace. It never has. In years past, just finding the marketplace required a mix of personal dedication, passion, and the investment of a great deal of time. 
The creators always intended it to be that way. If it were easy to find, we would be overwhelmed by applicants. As it is, far too many intermediate applicants appear on the edges of the marketplace, their eyes wide with pleading and frustration. They hear of us, they instantly believe in us, and then spend months, sometimes years, trying to find their way to us. They haunt the clubs and the organizations, their needs so real and desperate that they exude sensual tension when they glide through the crowds. Some of them are so ripe that they intimidate the poseurs, the weekend sadists, and the furtive dilettantes who are so endemic to that world, and they never stop asking where we may be found. So few of them are truly ready. They may have flirted with the trappings of a subculture and found it to be the extraordinary aphrodisiac it is, but a steady diet of aphrodisia is far too overwhelming. To survive and to thrive in this world, an applicant must need it more than they need pleasure, more than they need the companionship of peers, more than they need even the barest personal satisfaction. Those of you who have toyed with or even lived a term of service may wonder at just how hard it could be to attain the level of excellence required by the marketplace. After all, you muse, these are people who will be called slaves, owned chattel, their lives formed and polished for the pleasure and use and amusement of those who need, whose need is to control and improve. Many of you believe that the right attitude combined with some physical charm would be more than adequate to task. It is not. Even the most gifted of naturals, those individuals whose wrists are naked without restraints and whose souls are bleak without guidance, need to be trained. That is why we exist, actually. We are a gateway to the marketplace, one of the few ways to be a part of it yet be outside of it. We are also easier to believe in, easier to access, easier to afford. If you work hard enough and your devotion is genuine, one day you may ask your someone where the marketplace can be found. They will consider you, perhaps ask one small service of you, or in a deeply personal question, and they will judge whether you are ready. If you show some slight potential, they may take you home and give you what you desire. Or, if the need is very strong in you, they may grant your wish and take you on a long drive, a soft blindfold locking out the light. At the end of that drive, your entire body is in a state of sexual hunger and your mind obsessed with the fruition of all your deepest fantasies, you may come to your household. I shall be awaiting you. You will learn to hate me, and you will remember your stay in our house for the rest of your life. Now you think about this spice. This is the kind of talk that just turns, just gets the blood boiling and gets the imagination fired up. And I am so pleased and so grateful and so excited to introduce Laura Anzonio as my guest this evening. 
Hello, Laura. Are you there? Good evening, Ellen. <laughs> Good evening. You know, your your stuff is so sexy. And, Thank you. Uh, and mm-hmm. you have you have really um, uh, just caught my imagination. I think anyone who is even the slightest interested in this fringe of sexual pleasure would love reading your books. Now, I have to ask you, where did you get your inspiration from this? Uh, my inspiration came out of desperation. Okay. Uh, I am a lifelong sadomasochist. I knew that this is the stuff I was going to be into. It was the the stuff of my fantasies uh, since childhood. Um, And so I actively sought out stories that reflected my interests. And by the time I was uh, old enough to find and buy porn, well, we're talking about the early 1980s. Okay. Okay. there was an awful lot of printed porn available. I mean, tons and tons and tons. Um, but it was awful. It was just so bad. Badly written, badly produced. And um, it, it didn't reflect the kind of uh, stories that were going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Except for one writer, uh, a gay man named John Preston, Mm-hmm. Um, wrote amazing stories, uh, including a rather seminal one called Mr. Benson. Okay. Um, which told the story of a young gay man who uh, went off with an older, wiser gentleman and became his slave. And I read that book. I was absolutely riveted. It's mm-hmm. still one of the hottest books you can you can read. And you can you can still find it out there, although uh, Preston himself is, is long gone, sadly. Um. The trouble with those books, though, um, they have only about men. And while that's fine, it wasn't the world I lived in. And I wanted books that included not only women, but um, a vast variety of people, the people that I interacted with, the people I knew, the person I was. Right. That's one of the things that I loved about your books. Your books normalized the fact that sexuality is something that is, it, there's so many different kinds of sexuality. It's not just homosexuality and heterosexuality. There's bisexuality, too. And it's just, it's just part of the human fabric. And when you, when you read your stories, you interchange those, those relationships and you have them relate in so many different ways. You just make it so beautiful and so acceptable, in my opinion, anyway. I just, um, I just love the way you, you talked about you know, the, the appreciation of the sexes within the monogamous sex or within the relationship sex. It was just beautiful. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Well, I know that I have hit the right balance in my books uh, between uh, gender and orientation and uh, variations like that. When I get an equal number of letters from people complaining that there's too much gay sex or that there's too much straight sex. Right, right. If enough people on both sides complain that there's too much of the other, then, then I feel that I must have it properly balanced. I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely, <laughs> That's a good. That's a good barometer, right? Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Um, now let me. Also, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
the best compliments I have ever gotten from people are usually from people who preface themselves by saying, now, I'm completely straight, but <laughs> I love your books even though there's gay sex in them. Or I'm completely lesbian and I love your books even though you have all these straight people fucking in them. Right, right, <laughs> right. Because so, your characters are so easily relatable and quite honestly, you really do care about these people. You really want to know what's going to happen to Chris Parker, what's going to happen to Robin Cassidy. You want to know. And, and then, you, you know, and the way you tell the story is you just kind of weave all these lives together, and, and then yet you have a, a – there's a, a tidy package of – uh, how their journeys continue. I mean, they don't put an end to it, but they, there's a, you know, you, you see that there's a story going on there and there's a sense of hope behind each one of your characters. And I just thought that you just wrote it, all of them, so beautifully. I was very, very impressed. Thank you. Thank you oh, much. my goodness. Um, now, let me ask you, um, sadomasochism just recently has had this uh, big boon, and personally speaking, as someone who does pleasure parties, um, I've had more sales in blindfolds, floggers, and paddles, uh, and restraints, of course, uh, that I've had in years. Now, do you think it's just that Fifty Shades story that uh, got that going, or do you think people are loosening up their attitudes and wanting to try something different? I think that um, there's always been uh, a subculture and um, an interest in sadomasochism, on the discipline, whatever you want to call it. Um, there certainly was uh, 30 years ago when, mm-hmm. when I came out. Uh, the big difference these days, of course, is uh, the Internet and social media. And so, it, and number one, it seems more public because more people have the ability to talk about it safely and anonymously online. Um, I can tell you that, as, as far as I'm concerned, I was selling a lot of books back in the early 90s. I'm selling more books now because people can buy them privately. Right. They don't have to go to a bookstore. They don't have to find it at a sex shop. They can buy my books on Amazon.com by putting my name in a search engine. They can have it downloaded to their Kindles and their Nooks and their whatevers. It, their phones. People buy and read books on their phones now. And so with the ease of access and the complete anonymity, um, it is so much easier for people to find what turns them on, and therefore they feel more free to use the, this understanding of themselves and their desires to talk to other people. And it's the only thing that Fifty Shades of Grey gives my community um, is more members. I'm okay with that. Right, right. Yeah, she... I, I don't know if you even read it. The only reason I read it is because my customers at pleasure parties were asking me, well, she used these balls, uh, you know, how, were they Benoit balls? And I hadn't read the books, so I, you know, looked, and then I found out they were orgasm duotone balls because if you use Benoit balls the way she had written about those balls in the story, they would have fallen out. So I had to, oh, had no. to do a little research and um and then you know and then after i read her stories always looking for some spice and that was the thing that drove me crazy about them 
she teased a whole lot, but she never delivered, not my opinion. I wanted some more meat. And so then I had gotten your books, and I was like, you know, I'm going to read these. Not only did you tease, but you most definitely delivered. And I was like, oh, these people, they want some hot stuff. they got to read Laura and Neo's stuff. This is hot stuff. Now, well, now let me ask you. The difference between her books and my books, though, is that her series is a romance. It is boy meets girl, girl and boy break up, they have misunderstandings, they yell and scream, they have adventures, they get back together, and then eventually, oh, wow, spoiler alert, um, they get married and have babies. Right. (laughs) Okay, that is never going to happen in my books. It may happen to a couple of characters, but that is not the story I'm telling. Right. Right. Yeah, and um, and then also she she mentioned the Red Room of Pain, and I was like, ooh, gee, that sounds pretty exciting. Except they never went in the Red Room of Pain. I'm really? Not, oh, and they passed through it. They looked at it. They thought they discussed. Oh, maybe we'll do this or that. But no real action took place in the Red Room of Pain. I was definitely a little disappointed. Uh, you know, she got a little spanking one time and got pissed off, but. As far as I'm concerned, you're hanging out with somebody who likes to give you a spanking. Expect it. Anyway. Well, she pretty much orders him to do it. And yes. and to, despite the fact that she is well coached in the use of the safe word, um, in the actual beating, and let me tell you, it doesn't take that long to hit someone six times. Um, she right. never thinks to actually, I don't know, use the magic word that stops it or to say, oh, I don't know. Stop hitting you. Stop right. hitting me, you idiot, or I'm going to call the police, or anything like that. Right, um, right. She gets angry, and they split up, and then magically they're back together at the start of the next book. I didn't quite understand that part. Yeah, well. Now, let me ask you, as a, a person who has enjoyed sadomasochism, there's the top and there's the bottom. Do you believe that they are interchangeable parts or that you are more likely to be one or the other? I mean, do you feel like they can take turns? Um, are you asking personally? No, I'm, I'm asking in general. Now, you can speak personally if you would like, but like in, your, in, in talking to the people that you've spoken with and in the community uh, of people that you have spoken with, do you feel that um, it is an interchangeable thing, or do you think one person actually prefers to be the bottom and the other person prefers to be the top. I believe that um, they are definitely preferences. I believe that uh, some people may have a lifelong attraction to one role or another or an identification with it, and it can be very powerful, in right. fact, uh, to, to the weight, say, of a gender identity or an orientation. And when someone tells me that's how they feel about it, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, however, I cannot tell you how many times over the years someone will have told me I'm a bottom and a slave and I never, ever want a top. And then 10 years later, I find them beating around someone on a leash. Right. And so I I like to tell... Uh, I actually like topping tops myself. Oh. And I think sometimes the more someone... Uh, swears up and down how dolly down they are, uh, 100% natural born, blah, 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 the, the more likely they'll roll over for the right person. Okay. Now, just for the listening audience, 
I want you to explain what's a top, what's a bottom, and who or where the real power lies between them, in your okay. opinion. Okay? I'm going to go backwards on that. I'm going to tell you that the real power in the relationship lies with the person who loves least. Who what? The, loves the person who loves the least. Oh, okay, okay. In the relationship. Okay. I think okay. they will be the first one to leave. Huh. Huh. Okay. You're a top or a bottom, gay, straight, boy, girl, anywhere in between, any of those things. If you are ready to leave the relationship because it's not satisfying, then you have the power. You can end it at any time. Right. And all of the arguments over um, the other stuff, it's just a matter of negotiation. A lot of tops will say, of course, they have the power because they're in control. Except, of course, the minute a bottom, the person receiving uh, pain, uh, submitting to unfortunate things, <laughs> the, the person who is sworn to be obedient, the minute they decide they're not interested anymore and the top continues, the top is now committed assault. Right. right. And... Um, and, and then people will say, well, the bottom has all the control in the relationship because they have that ability to um, to stop things at any time. But you know what? The top has that ability, too. The, the top is not being coerced to be in this relationship. Um, and, and so, really, we have all the power that adult human beings have in adult relationships. Mm-hmm. And the power that we surrender... Um, in these relationships is exactly the same as the power any people in love give their partners. It's mm-hmm. just we express it differently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, a uh, definition of top and bottom. Top is usually defined as the person who directs the action, the, the person who is uh, creating the bondage or, or the pain or the difficulty, the person who gives the orders. And the bottom is the person who has uh, agreed to accept pain or discomfort or, you know, to be tortured by pleasure. Right. Um, and a switch is a person who can play either side. Uh, and um, and that world is is so wide. Uh, right. I'm a switch. Um, and uh, technically, you could call me a bisexual switch. Uh, because I find men and women attractive. I find transgender people attractive. You know what I find? Smart people attractive. Hmm. Um, but uh, and as a switch, I, these days I prefer to talk, um, but I have a fine, fine bottom in too. So. Sure, sure. Open-minded. Yeah, that's a good thing. It's always good to be open-minded. You never know where the adventure is going to lead you. If it has to be one way all the time, then it can become predictable. And, you know, who wants predictability in a sexual relationship? You want to keep it spicy. You want to keep it hot, especially if you're in a relationship, an exclusive relationship. You want to make sure that uh, you allow for enough variety uh, in the relationship of uh, who's going to be top, who's going to be bottom, who's going to switch, and and just kind of leave it open to translation as the as the feelings move you to to, you know, manifest your desires. So I think that's uh, I think that's fantastic. Um, now I have to ask you. I mean, there's a lot of different toys that you talk about in your book, and you know, there's uh, there's handcuffs and there's there's straps and uh, uh, there's also a cane. 
and uh, they mentioned caning, and um, caning seems to be the most severe kind of um, stimulation, I'll put it that way, because obviously some people have such a high tolerance for pain that uh, a caning is not necessarily uh, torture. It's more of a, a sexual stimulation. So, so can you tell me if someone is using a cane on another person, is there any particular part of the body that it's best used on, or is it, you know, just up for grabs wherever the cane lands? <laughs> well, first of all, I want to remind you that um, to this day, all over the world, but um, in Western culture, relatively recently, canes were exclusively considered useful on children. Mm. Okay? Mm. Children were caned at school. Oh, yeah. So, so when we think about, uh, you know, how relatively uh, hard it might be or, or sadistic or cruel, uh, this was a punishment designed to be used on children. Wow. Um, the, the pain of a cane is, is very sharp. But I would not say it's uh, it, it's more painful than uh, a rubber strap. Um, that's more painful, in fact, than a closed fist. Right. Uh, there are a lot of things that you can hit the body with that I think are more painful than a cane. Also, I find that the pain of a cane, uh, a cane strike, can be very fleeting, particularly if you're limiting the number of times right. that you hit someone. Right. Um, also, canes can actually be used quite sensuously and softly. If you right. think of the way that a drummer taps a drum, yeah, right, you can do the same thing with canes. And uh, a lot of people can do that very quickly and very lightly to create a nice glow on the skin uh, right. that it doesn't have the, the kind of uh, fierce, burning, cutting sensation of the classic six of the best pull the arm back and thwack them across the ass. And, yeah, you usually use it on uh, padded parts of the body, uh, okay. the thighs, the, the ass. Um, do people use them other other places? Sure. But then you generally use them much lighter. Okay, now we only have five minutes left, so before we end our chat, and this has been wonderfully informative, um, I want you to make sure that our listening audience knows where they can find you and where they can find your next book and what the next book is. Well, um, my next, uh, my current book out is called No Safe Words, and it's a collection of, of stories set in the world that I created in the books that you like, the marketplace books. Um, some of my fans have gotten together and written stories in that world, and we gathered them together in an anthology, and it just came out from Circuit Press. And you can find it online at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And it's called No Safe Words. Okay. Um, the next book I have coming out is The Killer Wore Leather, which is the, mystery, the comedy murder mystery that's set in the leather and kink community. Um, and uh, people who want to know uh, what it's kind of like in the, uh, the, the real world of people who do this, this thing, with a nice bit of tongue-in-cheek humor, uh, can find The Killer Wore Leather also. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, blah blah blah. My uh, my website is lantonio.com, L-A-N-T-O-N-I-O-U, and that's where you can also find the list of places where I'm traveling 
uh, like uh, this weekend down to D.C. Next weekend, I'm off to Vancouver, British Columbia, and Seattle. I do an awful lot of traveling, but, and so people are welcome to come out and see me in person and ask me questions and buy my books or just, you know, sit and chat about sex with me. I'm always Okay, and I see you've got The Inheritor coming out in 2013. Is that yeah, close, is that close to being done? or I'm sorry? No, I'm, I'm still working on it. it. It should be out by the end of the year. Okay, okay. Well, I am seriously looking forward to that one, too, because that's part of that Marketplace series, and that was uh, that was so interesting. All of it was very, very interesting. Anyway, thank I want to thank you. Oh, my goodness. I can't say enough about you, and um, I'm going to post you on my website, and uh, I want everyone to know that if they really want some great writing in the BDSM or the slave or any of that, that uh, they should definitely check out your writing. You, um, you really know how to weave a tale, Laura. And I want to thank you very, very much for coming on my show and, uh, and sharing this time with me. It was just absolutely my pleasure. Thank you, Ellen. Okay. Every, listen, everyone, um, thank you so much for joining me. Next week we have uh, Gaia Morissette, who is a sexual healer, especially for people who have um, experienced sexual abuse in their life and how to heal from that. If you would like to listen to this show again, uh, it's going to be in the archives. It's also going to be listed on my website, www.yourpleasure.com, which will redirect you to the larger site of sensuality, sexuality, pleasure, advice. There are toys there. There are a couple of paddles, whips, blindfolds. So if you do enjoy a little bit of bondage and you want to play, even if it's just Bondage 101, please do visit my website and uh, enjoy the products that are there. I want to thank you all very, very much for joining me this evening. I had such a great time. I feel like running inside and spanking my husband right away. I don't know if he's up for that, but uh, that's what we might be doing later on today. So in the meantime, I hope you have a great week. Keep doing your Kegels and enjoy your sexuality. Thanks so much for being here. See you next week. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.